This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. So this CD is the reason I got my own CD player because wow. my mom came into the family room to tell me that I had like she was like a nine or ten and she was like I can't listen to that CD anymore. Welcome to Y Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives, with your hosts, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon David Earl Waterman. This is Y Tune Shuffle. Well, welcome to the show. It's Here we are. Y Tune Shuffle, a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Burbank, California. I'm Maggie Mayfield, your host, alongside David Earl Waterman. That's me. I miss you this week. I missed you. We did two shows last week or two weeks ago, and we had a week off. I know. You moved. I did. Uh-huh. And I'm getting settled and I'm going to live here in Burbank and it's going to be awesome. I mean, as a broadcaster, as a media person, Burbank is iconic. Uh-huh. As many people know, Johnny Carson put Burbank on the map. Really? Yes, he did. He would constantly joke about it, constantly reference it. It's an honor to be broadcasting out of Burbank. And now you're living there. And now I live here, and I like that there's no traffic here. (laughs) It's pretty great. The valley is awesome. Why didn't somebody clue me in earlier? Glad you're here. It's been five minutes. Well, you brought a very special guest with us today, producer Sonia Maru. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You have one of the most energetic (laughs) smiles. Just this, like, energy and this light about you. The second I met you on the street, I was like, that's her. That's the producer. See, when I, I, I'm going to take credit for bringing in our guest this week. And yes, it was, please. It was a spontaneous booking. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times we have to kind of really dig in deep and try to find somebody. But Sonia is was a client of the Actors Company, which I'll give a plug to, mm-hmm. of which where I am an intern. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a wonderful, multifaceted thing. Uh, can mm-hmm. you tell us how you found the Actors Company and what you were doing there when, when I you know approached you to bum a cigarette and then turned out like, oh, you'd be a great <laughs> guest. What were, you, what were you doing at the Actors Company? Um, Acting. Well, <laughs> no, that was in my previous life. Um, no, I'm actually the director of a film festival called the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. That's and amazing. Yeah, it's super cool. This year is our fourth year. We held it last weekend. We decided to move to the Actors Company to hold our event this year because we were sponsored by the city of West Hollywood. Sponsored? Yes. Like somebody gave you like, dough to do like it? They literally gave us money. <laughs> it <Sweet>. was That's <laughs> great. Straight cash. Yeah, it was amazing. No, it was it was deposited into the bank. But yeah, so we had to move to West Hollywood, which was super fortuitous because we were like getting stale at our old venue and wanted to like mix it up anyway so found the actors company and it was like a perfect fit for us that's great so, yeah how do yeah. you describe diversity in film in in just a few words because immediately i thought it was all gay i thought it was another like just gay film festival because we had a lot of you know pride so, stuff, well, being WeHo, yeah 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 there's so many which is i think why WeHo got behind us in part was because we are addressing LGBTQ issues and films, but that's not all that we're about, and neither is the city. I mean, the city is super diverse, um, even within the gay community. Our festival has everything from stories of people with disabilities, films from around the world, different you know, racial and ethnic stories and issues, really anything. Like, diversity literally encompasses every single person on this planet and their stories as long as they're like real and adding to the greater conversation of how to make the world better i think that's kind of our framework i asked lauren who directs the whole operation down there at, at actors company she's like the boss and, and, and <laughs> yeah. i was asking her what, what i mean what is it diversity is it another lgbtq thing and she goes you know just think of it this way dave it's not just white men <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean which i i totally get and i like and I love, and, and it was, yeah, and I cherish, and I adore. How did you it's get fun. involved? Like, how did you get started? Have you been there since the inception of it? I have been there since the inception. Our first meeting was actually at the Glendale Library in one of their wonderful free meeting rooms. I never knew you could have, like, a free conference room at any library in L.A. So what? Good to know for right? the future. <laughs> My really good friend, um, Hollis, founded the festival, Hollis McLaughlin, and uh, McLaughlin, so she ran it for the past three years, and I was just involved with judging the films and anything else that needed to get done. But I was super passionate about it. And then um, on 4th of July this year, she had her first child. Congratulations, Hollis. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so around Christmas time, she was like, yeah, I'm going to 
be having a baby and, um, you know, I just can't take on any of this responsibility this year and possibly not for the future. I don't really know what direction my life's going to take. So I kind of, with some like fear, uh, took it over because it's a huge responsibility. But, you know, I have an amazing group of people that work with me and including my dad, who's on the board of directors. And that's been really cool to like have a creative like passion project to do with your dad. I don't yeah, think most no, people really have great. that. Are you from Los Angeles? Did you grow up here? I actually grew up in New York and moved here when I was 15. Oh, interesting. What part of New York? In uh, the East Village of Manhattan, actually. <laughs> so pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> no, I'm just So that was like right in the middle of high school for you. What was that transition like? Did you love it? or Because I moved from New Jersey, same thing. I was 15, New Jersey to Orange County, California. And it was such a culture shock for me. I was like, there are more than just black and white people here. <laughs> it was like, it was. That's funny. Because I, I feel like Jersey kind of is the Orange County of New York. Kind of. So, <laughs> very parallel experiences. It was a kind of a miserable transition. Yeah. Um, not because I, like I have, I already had friends here because I'd been spending summers here since I was a little kid. My dad moved here when I was seven or eight. But you, I went from having all the freedom in the world, getting on the subway, being you know, a total terror all over the city since I was a small child all by myself to being in Lakeview Terrace, which is like Ah. the suburban foothills of the valley and not having a car, not having a license and being like, this is I'm I'm trapped. Like, what do I do with my life? Right. Um, Luckily, we did have a swimming pool and a horse. So that what? <laughs> what was the name of the horse? Uh, I think at that time we had Sahara Aww. was our horse. She was a Palomino. But yeah, so it was like just a totally crazy transition. Luckily, my first day of school out here, I like made instant friends and got asked out by three different guys on my first day of school. Yeah. So I've like felt very cool. You're like, I'm L.A. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was my New York accent and my very oversized Jenko jeans that did it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Where'd you go to high school in the Valley? Um, I actually went to North Hills Prep School, North Hills Prep. Um, which I later taught at, actually. Um, after college, I went back and taught there for like seven years. Now, when we were talking at Actors Company, you had said you had worked in special education mm-hmm. and uh, North Hills Prep. Is that a continuation high school for ki- at-risk teenagers? Yeah, Are you familiar with Penny Lane, family... They were owned by the same people, actually. Yeah, 15 years I did at Penny Lane. Oh, really? As, in, in the main facility as a direct care counselor. Oh, right, right down the street. On I like would drop kids off in North Hills Prep right across the street from that <laughs> other middle school. Mm-hmm. And so when you said that, I'm like, North Hills Prep, North Hills Prep. And like, yeah, validation. Cool. Yeah. You, yeah, Penny Lane was- You were a bad kid. <laughs> That's what yeah. she said, little terror. I was I was a pretty bad kid. Please expound on that. How did you end up in continuation <laughs> yeah. school at North Hills Prep? And did you do time at Penny Lane? No, I didn't. Hall? No. <laughs> no. You got, you I got was, any weed on you? I, <laughs> no. Well, that's, that's legal now. <laughs> uh, for all of us. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, please. Well, I mean, if you don't mind. No, I mean, I'll do like the short version. But um, <laughs> no, I was only arrested once and it was for truancy. I didn't serve it. Didn't even do a night in the slammer or anything. Wait, what does that mean, truancy? Uh, I was that like, sounds like a good word. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't even no, know when it's school involved. No, true an officer. No, I was uh, ditching school. It was, this was in New York. Ditching school with some friends. I don't know what we were doing, but we definitely got That's why you got rolled up on. To LA. Yeah. You were exiled. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I think it was kind of a, a group decision among my parents and my advisors at my school in New York. That it wasn't working. I was at a huge school in New York, by the way, a huge, like very college funneling, challenging high school. P.S. Um, I was at Stuyvesant High School in mm-hmm. New York, which is pretty like well known. It's a really, really competitive school and it's really big. And they expect you to be kind of like a college student when you're 14 and take wow. on a lot of responsibility school wise. And it's super competitive. And everything about that didn't work for me. And I was like scared to go to like I think I originally was kind of scared to go to class. I did not feel like the smartest person in the room. And I think that was new for me. And I didn't have like the ego to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then once you start screwing up in school, it's like just a landslide, you know, like mm-hmm. the snowball effect or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my dad lived out here and had a house and was able to control me since I was stuck in Lakeview Terrace and couldn't go anywhere. And he was married to my stepmom, Jean. 
So it was kind of like, oh, go be part of like a family and go to like this small, really nurturing school. And I think within like a month, I felt like a different person when wow. I moved out here school wise. Mm. In, in a good positive way? Yeah. 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 I actually remember I was thinking about this the other day. My teacher was like pulled me aside in class one day and he was like, how come you never talk in class? And I was like, well, everyone else is like way smarter than me. And he's like, no, everyone else is just a loud mouth. Like, yeah. just step up, start talking, and you're going to find that, you know, you can own own the room and, wow. you know, whatever. So, Do you remember that teacher's name? Yeah, I actually taught with him later. His name is Mike Yan. Mr. Yan. Mike yeah. Yan. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. really Well, we cool. all went by our first names, so Mike he was Yan. just just Mike. Yeah. But yeah, Mike Yan. Um, he's amazing. He's still a teacher at North Hills Prep, actually. I Wonderful. I think. Cool. So, yeah. So where did you go to college? Uh, UC Davis. Okay. And then what was your degree in? It was in women's studies okay. with a minor in film studies. Okay. That's so, where you got the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you done any projects on your own, like your own? I mean, you must have movies, yeah. short films, animated series, whatever. Yeah. Actually, I've only done one animation, and I would say it's actually, it was just a short film based on a poem. But uh, it was one of the most popular things I ever did. Yeah. And then the director moved to Australia, and I can't reach him, and I have no idea where to find it, unfortunately. Because oh, it, no. it was actually really cool. But um, I uh, wrote and produced a short called Home six years ago or something like that, which was a really cool experience. As far as, like, noteworthy stuff, I produced two things that played at the festival this year. Great. Total, like, you know, not nepotism, but whatever. <laughs> you, you program your own stuff when you can. Executive but, uh, privilege. Yeah, executive yeah, executive privilege. privilege. Yeah. There you go. There's a little too much of that going around. But yeah, no, they were both really good and really on topic for the festival. And then I've produced three movie movies, like feature films, that coincidentally all came out this summer. Wow. Even though I, they were shot like two to three years ago. They all kind of dropped at the same time. So yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. I know for some people that put on a festival like that, like uh, in the comedy community, it's very popular for people to be a, such a huge fan, but not be able to perform it or do it. So they produce shows and they produce things like the festival you're talking about, the Diversity Festival. So mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if you were just, oh, I'm a big film fan and you know I want to expose people that are great writers and, and directors, but you also make these things. Yeah, yeah. That's actually how the, the making came before the festival for me. And that was how I met Hollis. Um, she, I threw like a little coming out party for myself, I guess, or for my production company when we had like enough projects that I felt like we could do that. I just like threw a screening and a party. Yeah. Hollis came and that's how we met. She was like, oh, I like what you're doing. That's and, great. Uh, and she was transitioning from being an actress, producer, writer, director into becoming a special ed teacher. And I was like transitioning out of that. Uh -huh. So it was like kind of this like cool thing that. You know, meeting her at that time. Yeah. So. The universe puts people together at the right time at the right place. Yeah. And Amen. I, yes. And I think, you know, it takes someone grounded and focused and, and talented like yourself to to recognize that. So And you for me. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> True. Well, can we dig into some music? I'm so curious yeah. as to what you Here brought. Here we go. Oh, you guys did Showtime. All right. Song number one. this show oh cool i didn't know if you guys would hear me if i talked <laughs> what is this who is this how did you find it it's um, like magic it's beautiful beautiful this is um once there was a hush puppy is the name of the song and it's by ben zeitlin who directed beasts of the southern wild the film that was nominated for a number of academy awards including best picture i think four or five years ago and this is like the, the theme song of the movie and the theme song of the main character, who's a little girl named Hush Puppy. Do you relate to that character? Actually, I don't know if I do relate to her. I think that she is so much more like earthy than I have ever been or felt in my life. Mm -hmm. Like she is connected to the world in this like indescribable way. But I think she's like one of the, my favorite characters ever. 
Just wow, that's incredible. Where were you when you saw this? I actually saw it at the Lemley in Pasadena, I think. Who were you with? I was with my friend Tony. I can't believe I remember this. But yes, I was with my friend Tony who I taught who taught art at the school that I worked at. I'm, and 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 I I'm trying to remember Hush Puppy best picture like 5 years ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, What's the premise, real quick? Like, well, the movie is called Beasts of the Southern Wild. Okay, Beasts of the Southern Wild. And it is kind yeah. of about New Orleans and Louisiana post Katrina. Mm-hmm. I think that was the inspiration for it. But it's about a community of people who live in a place called the Bathtub, which is below sea level on the wrong side of the levees. I don't believe it's a real place. I think it's probably based on something that really exists, but I think it's kind of a fantastical place. And the the levees break and their whole community starts flooding. And uh, I guess I should say they are some of the craziest characters in the world. Like it's almost like they're definitely like living off the land. They're created their own community. I don't know if they're like their education is in like a, fi- a schoolroom on the water. You know, it's not. Anything. What's the music do for you? Like what, what, yeah. why did you choose the song? What's it? What's it, the meaning for you? Well, I think, I mean, it's just a beautiful song. Okay. <laughs> it was a big part of it. But also the guy who composed it, Ben Zeitlin's also the director of the film. And I am kind of obsessed with him, even though it's the only work of his I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else he's done. I don't think he's done anything else that's like famous. But Inspiration would be part of the, the package of this. Uh, yeah. Appreciation. And, yeah. and also New Orleans. I love New Orleans. It's mm-hmm. like my favorite place that I've ever been. And I'm a huge uh, New Orleans Saints fan. And wow. True Breeze fan. But uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about the first time you went to New Orleans. Actually, well, the first time I went to New Orleans, I was 30. It was for my 30th birthday. And I went with my mom and like five of my best friends. It was crazy. <laughs> it was a crazy trip. Was it like Vegas? Like what happens in New Orleans stayed in New Orleans? Well, you know what I have to say? Because my mom was there. I was probably the tamest one on the trip. Yeah. But, you know, I won't blow up everyone else's spots because, yeah, I think everybody else yeah. got a little crazy. So you got off the plane and you're just like food and booze yeah. and music. The first thing we did was go to Bourbon Street and get a muffalata. Uh-huh. Which is like, you know, the classic sandwich of New Orleans. And then it was Halloween. My birthday's right before Halloween. Wow. So oh, good. That's so fun. Good so I remember being like... Is there like a parade happening? And then everyone's like, no, that's just Bourbon Street on a Friday night. And I was oh, like, wow. oh my God. And it was crazy. And yeah, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been to New no. Orleans? I rode the St. Charles line to work every day for a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that I like loved so much was happening on a cemetery tour. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the, the cemeteries, above ground. but everything's above ground. Yeah. And we had just, the kookiest guy and me and my mom like caught him and we're like okay we're gonna follow this guy he's gonna let us in on some kind of secret and yeah it was the cemetery and Nicolas Cage tour all he did was point out we went around the cemetery and then we walked around the garden district and he just told us anecdotes about how Nicolas Cage is like the most infamous person in New Orleans oh wow (laughs) I didn't know that who who, who would know because he owns like property there yeah he owns property there and I guess he he gets pretty crazy (laughs) Wow. Um, all over town. Well, that's I guess. why he's broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and he's building like the most crazy above ground tomb of, you know, that anyone's ever For seen. For himself. Yeah. Like oh, the nice. King Tut. Yeah. It, I think it, I think it like literally is a pyramid actually. Brad oh, Pitt's wow. building houses. Yeah. Brad Pitt's building houses in the ninth ward <laughs> and Nicolas Cage is building pyramid shaped tombs. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's New boring. Orleans is a great place. Mystical place. How, it how, is. how many times have you been back now? I've only been there twice, but yeah, I mean, only twice is better than only once. I've only been to Australia once, and I feel like a deep connection to having been there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely on the list. What was your favorite thing about Australia? So many things. (laughs) (laughs) The Australians. Um, The food was incredible. Like breakfast, I can't tell you how amazing breakfast was there. Like I've never had better breakfast in my whole life. And then like the accents, like... Because it's in the South Pacific, they have so many immigrants from Japan that come over. And so how Americans perceive Asians, their accent is so different. So it was so weird to go up to a hotel and see a a Japanese Australian and then talk to them. But they've got the Australian accent and you're like, I don't know what you're saying. This is not what I expect. And I don't I can't compute what's happening. But it was beautiful. and It was just like the world is such a big Magical place. It was so great. So is. Yeah. And cops eat donuts there, too. 
I can't tell you how many cops I've seen at donut shops in Australia. Good day. <laughs> Good day, Vegemite eaters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vegemite's yeah, so, so gross. I right? I don't think that you... My ex-husband, when we got back from our trip to Australia, he wound up getting online to buy Vegemite because he loved it so much. And I was like, this is the beginning of the end because oh. I can't put my mouth near your mouth space when you do that. Word to the wise, yeah. guys. Word to the wise. <laughs> Stay away from the Vegemite. It, it tastes like... Eating spreadable vitamins. I've only tried it once, but that's what it, it tasted yeah. like to it's, me. It's like salt. Yeah. It's yeah. just like gross salt. And not like the good gummy vitamins, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's coated in sugar. <laughs> no, I'll stick to my Tim Tams as far as my Australian. Oh, my God. Yes. What are Tim Tams? Oh, these cookies. Tim oh, Tams. my God. They're so yeah. good. They're like chocolate covered wafer cookies. They're amazing. Yeah. I don't think you have to be in a place to feel connected. Or care about things that happen there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you have to repeat it. Like, I go to the Palm Springs every weekend. You know, like, I don't think that's a thing that you have to do. No, there's definitely places that, like, with New Orleans, I knew I belonged there before I ever went. Like, sometimes things just draw you. Yeah. That's a nice gift we get, you know, those of us that are open for that kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. home. This Mm -hmm. is is homey. Yeah. 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 And those of us that get to travel, you know, yeah, yeah. such a, <laughs> such a privilege. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I like that song. Next one. Number right. two. I think it's a testament to just how sweet your soul is. You know, like if this is the music that you're picking, it's like, wow, your heart is deep and full. So full. I pegged her as a badass at Actors Company. I thought it was going to be like hardcore. It's very surprising. Yeah. This is so beautiful. Beautiful. What is it? Tell Um, me all about it. How did you find it? uh, Well, this is Jason Isbell and the 400 unit is Mm -hmm. the the singer in the band and the song is called if we were vampires mm-hmm. it's pretty much brand new it came out a couple months ago this album it's called the nashville sound going back to my love of the south i mm-hmm. think that's i belong there at some point in some on some level but uh i heard it on father's day in my dad's car <laughs> oh, actually wow. where were you guys going uh we were coming back from paradise cove which was a freaking madhouse <laughs> i like don't go there on on Father's Day. Noted. Um, yeah, does, my dad is like obsessed with music. He's a, a music file or an audiophile, I guess it would be called. He is just yeah. He knows everything about music. He loves music. He's way more like clued into what's current than I will ever be. Wow. So if he's like, this is the album of the year. I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right. Like, wow. For real. Like, he got me into Kanye West and wow. MIA and The Offspring you know, throughout my life. Yeah. Everything that's like, that I know about that's cool is like because of my dad. What does your wise. dad do? Uh, he's a special ed teacher oh, or okay. a special ed administrator, actually. <sighs> wow. That's... But uh, does he use music in the classroom? <clears throat> I don't think so. He's more of like a. He teaches teachers how to teach. Okay. He is, like, really great as, like, a leader and a teacher in terms of keeping it interesting. You What's know, he's not the, name? like, kind of talker guy. Uh, Steve Maru. Steve Maru. Okay. Yeah. Although he pronounces our last name differently. Oh, my God. Tell me everything. <laughs> no, I'm trying to hear it in my head. Mereu is how he says it. Oh, wow. Stefano Mereu. Because um, he's born in Italy. Okay. Oh. So he likes to go back to the Italian way of doing it, but... I'd rather people be able to pronounce my name easily, so <laughs> right, right. I just say Maru, <laughs> but yeah, no this this song I picked it because I think it's like one of the the coolest songs I've heard this year. I think it's haunting, and I, I'm a big believer in songs about like that deep kind of love. 
or I'm a believer in that deep kind of love in general, but especially songs and movies about it. And, you know, this is, if you listen to all the words, it's basically saying he's thinking about the fact that one day him or his wife will die and one will outlive the other. And, you know, how he's just going to like live every moment as if it's the biggest gift in the world. That kind of love is something else. Do you try to live that way? Yeah, I do, actually. Do you try to love that way? I do. Well, I mean, more recently, since I'm really deeply in love with someone. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it makes it easier when you, like, you know, really feel it as opposed to just wanting to feel it, which I think we probably all know the difference between those two kinds of love. Mm -hmm. How did you meet your significant other? I met Nick on location when we were shooting a Western called Dead Men um, out in Arizona like three and a half years ago. We both. Uh, Do you was... remember like your first conversation? Do you remember like some of the first things you would talk about? Nick is just for our listeners at home. <laughs> Nick is in the studio. And he's like, I remember. I know. <laughs> Nick has a huge smile yeah. on his face. Right? <laughs> he's like, they're talking he... about me. It's great. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I don't remember. I remember the first time we met um, because he was wearing a New York Nets like jacket and you're like ding 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 and i was like oh are you from new york and he was like no i'm from california but i just spent (laughs) i just spent a month in new york um and i was like oh he's an imposter oh no i'm just kidding but that was i think that was like the literally the first thing we ever talked about i remember one time we were shooting in a forest at night and i was smoking a cigarette and he gave me the dirtiest look i've ever seen in my life and i was like oh my god i'm like this guy's mean (laughs) but then the next day we all went out and did karaoke at uh the local bar the arena bar and uh nick does an amazing impression of michael jackson and Mm -hmm. he did billy jean and pretty much like every girl in the place was like pretty excited by his performance (laughs) um i hope i'm embarrassing right but yeah and then we ended up dancing to elvis this cowboy that we were working with, this true, true cowboy, Kevin McNiven from Wyoming, did an Elvis song, uh, When Fools Rush In, I believe oh. was the song. Oh. And you danced to and that? And we danced to that, and I was pretty drunk and singing to Nick, and I guess that was that was how we got together, ultimately. Uh, <laughs> Elvis cowboy and a little booze. Yeah. That is the trick. That, that is, is yeah. so great. Beautiful, beautiful. It was the end of one of the hardest weeks of my life, I must say, work-wise and otherwise. It was a huge transition shooting a Western in southwestern Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> if you're from New York. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, so you I guys think I deserved to, it. Yeah, so you guys got back to California and then I'm assuming went on like your real first date. We did go on our real first date, I guess, our official. Uh, Nick ordered frog legs. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is he trying to impress me or is he just disgusting? Uh, uh, did you try it? Did you try his frog legs? Yeah, they were gross. Right. I don't well, at least you what, tried it. I think know? he thought, I don't think he had ever tried them before. I think we mutually agreed that they were a little disgusting. All right. But they don't taste like chicken. You know, like that saying, everything tastes like chicken? Yeah. No. It tasted like more like fishy. Yeah. So, yeah, we went on our first date. With frog's legs. With frog's Aww. legs. In, in Claremont, California. Wow. Claremont. Mm-hmm. Out by. <laughs> so that song makes you think about love. I mean, that deep kind of feeling love. And mm-hmm. and I think maybe, too, I mean, it's so interesting that you heard it with your dad for the first time. Do you remember just being struck by it? Like, whoa, like just kind of stop everything, like hold your breath. and. Yeah, it was. I mean, I have to say the whole album is amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were all just like silently sitting in the car on the PCH. And yeah, you just had to kind of like give it respect and, mm-hmm. and take it in. Um, he's that kind of guy, though. Jason Isbell, all of his stuff is like seriously deep, that's <laughs> deep cool. music. That's cool. What an interesting yeah. relationship you have with your dad to be able to work with him, A, on the Diversity Festival, right? And then kind of it sounds like maybe really meeting your dad for the first time in your teen years. Mm-hmm. You're really perceptive. I'm I'm impressed. Yes, <laughs> that's that's very true. So, because I'm, I'm our stories are very similar. Like my dad and I didn't really start having a relationship until we were much older. Um, I would say in the last year or so, really. Oh, wow. And uh, we don't even live near each other. He lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But I can't tell you how wonderful it is to finally have my dad in my life. And you know, I remember being a teenager and like hanging out with this person that I never really knew 
You, you right. know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. really know him just because of the way he worked evenings. So I never saw him during the day. And then when my parents split up, my mom was like, we're going to California. And then I saw him a summer or two. And then that was it. And I was like, I got life, you know, things happen. And so just right. how remarkable that at 15 years old, you could meet your dad, essentially get to know him. And he's controlling you, you know, like he just stepped up and was like, I'm dad. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about your dad and like what you guys do together and like how that relationship is either changed or it's grown or is, you know, something that you cherish now or don't? I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I, I definitely cherish my relationship with my dad um, and my dad in general. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're both like I really look up to my dad as, you know, as as my father and as an authority figure. Sometimes like my friends laugh at me because I still like my dad like tells me to do something I act like I'm 15 and like have to do it and like be super <laughs> like obedient yeah. in a way that like nobody else would ever really get me to do but I also do see him as being a very complex person with like you know a lot of beauty and lightness but also a lot of like darkness mm -hmm. and uh it's cool that we can see each other as as you know fully formed kind of adult humans as well as yeah you know having that like you know, look up to your dad kind of thing. Do you guys have like a, a thing that you guys like to do, like go on drives or do you share music or go to the beach or like my do you just sit down and like, because my dad loves talking politics because he's so lonely. He doesn't have anyone to like talk to. <laughs> so he'll just call and he'll be like, oh my God, I read this article. And I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, Well, my dad's super into politics, but I'm probably one of like I'm not as educated on politics That's as a lot of people, yeah. so we don't talk about it that much. But I would say that he – I do see him as a teacher in that way. Like I'll see him, find myself like repeat things that he tells me. Like, yeah. like I believe that it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the gospel. <laughs> so watch out what you say, Dad. But, um, <laughs> but no, he likes to educate me in general. Like so mm. many times I've gone to his house and he'll just be like on a tear about some – like the Buzzcocks recently. And mm. he'll just start playing me song after song and videos from YouTube and teaching me the history of punk rock via the Buzzcocks. And I think I appreciate that more now than I did when I was young. Younger. But that being said, even when I was younger and I kind of like had some eye rolling about it, it definitely affected my tastes and who I am. So, you know, I appreciate it. Um, and then we do hikes at Fryman Canyon. It's oh, like our great. little dad time thing. Yeah. Nice. But that's fun. it's been super hot. So we haven't do really <sighs> done it much. Rude <laughs> all these summer. last weeks. Yeah. Well, I think but. I love that. That's pretty remarkable and cherish that. Mm. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Thank you. More songs, more music. Yeah. Oh okay, here's song number three. <laughs> oh my god. Take me now, baby, here as I am. Pull me close, try and understand. Desire's hunger is the fire I breathe. Love is a banquet on which we feed. It's a three-song hit. Oh. I know. I have goose pimples right now. That's oh, so yes. great. Patty Smith, what? Comes out of nowhere. I first. Know. Oh, nice. First Patty Smith, right? I oh, think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Four shows. Hell yeah. Wow. I think Marco Babineau talked about her. Yeah, Marco yeah, Babineau. But big I, uh, but promoter the, guy. Yeah, he big, talked about everybody. Rag and roll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's no big deal. He knows Steven Tyler. It's mm. fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what? what? Patty Smith? Well, I mean, bring on the night. Mm -hmm. It had to be. I had to pick a Patty Smith song. I think <laughs> it has to have a story behind it somewhere. Yeah. Somehow. You know, I'd, I'd rather hear her or Bruce Springsteen tell the story behind it. I think. Wait a minute, is that yeah. a connection with this song and Bruce he, Springsteen? He wrote this song. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, for her, I don't think so. It was actually covered on that show, The Defiant Ones, but I haven't watched it yet. But I think Jimmy Iovine is the one that like connected the two of them mm -hmm. and now of course they have a lifelong friendship and she introduced him to the photographer that did the photos from like 
the Nebraska album cover and other stuff. Mm. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, close friends, East, you know, Jer- the Jersey New York connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your connection to the yeah. song? What's but, the Sonia uh, connection? Well, I picked it for a few reasons. One is me and my cousin, who's like my also my best friend, Seth Almberg is his name. We have this like mutual obsession with Patti Smith and Robert Maplethorpe and the oh. book Just Kids. And that's like we call each other Patty and Robert. And uh, so I kind of had to put a Patti Smith song for him. Oh. But also I just recently got into Bruce Springsteen and I've- it's never too late. No, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad I did. I was kind of like a cynic. Like I thought he was cheesy. I don't really know oh, why. No. I don't. I just hadn't really That's been exposed. Yeah, maybe it, it's like he's from New Jersey, but <laughs> or I don't know. Or like born in the USA. Like I never really even understood what that song was about. But now that I had like this year long obsession with Bruce Springsteen, where I like listened to his biography on a uh, on audiobook, and then. I bought a new car and I had a four month subscription to Sirius, who I assume is the competitor, but uh, I don't have it anymore. I didn't pay. <laughs> Once it was stopped being free, I didn't pay for it. But I only listened to the Bruce Springsteen station. It was like wow. kind of like insane. I don't know. I'm sure everybody I know besides Nick who loves Bruce Springsteen probably was like, oh my God, I'm going to listen to Bruce for another hour in Sonia's car. But I just got like obsessed and I was like, this man has everything. He's so inspiring. How old were you? And or this like... was like this year. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Nick and I saw Bruce uh, at the LA Sports Arena last March. Mm-hmm. And that wow. was like, and I was like kind of, like I said, I was kind of skeptical. I was like, oh, we're going to go see the boss and like whatever. And, <laughs> and then uh, four hours later, I'm like crying and, you know, uh, just so like awesome. affected That's by the so whole great. thing. That's great. Um, but I've seen Bruce and Patty do this song live. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I just love this song. And it also reminds me of MTV Unplugged. Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, sure. 10,000 Maniacs did oh, this song. Oh, God. I saw, yeah, 10,000 Maniacs played at a bar. I was a bartender in upstate New York. Oh, oh really? Yeah, they're from upstate New York. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't know Buffalo. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Buffalo. Right. Yeah. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- I, I never even knew that it wasn't by them until mm-hmm. not that long ago. But I was like, it, so it reminded me of like the 90s and MTV Unplugged, oh. which is like, you know, I guess still kind of my favorite era of music, even yeah. though I don't think I picked any songs from then. But uh, who were your friends? Who did you ha- who did you run around with in New York that were little terrors? <clears throat> well, I'm still friends with two of my best friends from my neighborhood, Nellie. I just went to her wedding in Mexico in in February, and Georgia. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we all grew up within a block of each other in the East Village. Wait, their names are Nellie and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Nellie and Georgia, and Jessica. I guess those are like. And uh, my friend Nick, those are like the four New Yorkers that I still talk to. So what did you guys do? Crazy. Like you'd skip school We'd... and like then then what? You had the entire world literally um, at the in a, in a bus pass. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one of those little tap cards. <laughs> I know it was, and it was free because yeah. we were students. We would one thing we used to go to malls, which is really weird. We used to go to New Jersey to the Newport Mall. Oh my god! I, I don't know, know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know why near Jersey City Newport Mall. It's in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think. I, I know yeah, it's in between. I think Jersey oh, yeah. City and Hoboken. Yeah. yeah. I, I, oh my god. I don't I have... know why oh, we're yeah. like these city kids, and we're like we just want to go spend all day at the mall. Um, but I remember that's very Kevin Smith of you. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we were influenced. Um, I remember one day going to see the movie Two Days in the Valley okay. when we were ditching school, and we had like the whole theater to ourselves and just yeah, watching movies. And were you like? I think we. Like smoked weed in the movie okay, theater. Okay, that was. That was, that was like, you... I'm like, I don't want to upset my parents, but oh, okay. <laughs> they probably think it was even worse than that. So yeah, <laughs> so just a little weed. Not yeah. like you guys got a hold of booze or anything. You were just like, oh uh, no, there was definitely. I mean, you know what's amazing? I think about this all the time. I was like 13, 14 years old, and I could walk into a deli in New York City, or you know, I guess we'd call them like a liquor store here mm-hmm. in California. And then buy like forty ounces of Old English and and a a pack of Newports when you're fourteen, and they like didn't even bat an eye. Like I don't know if it's still like that now. You shouldn't buy that. You should buy Chuli gum. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But speaking like like the movie Kids, like that represented that time in New York extremely well. Mm. Wow. Scarily well. Yeah. Quite quite a film, Kids. I think this is like the twentieth anniversary. Of yeah, I'm I'm already because I, I I do know your song list. You sent it to me, and uh, 
there's a connection. Like a we- that's amazing that that mall. I haven't thought about that mall, but it's there's a huge connection coming up later in the show. So stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. All right. So All right song number four. Number four. Right. Number four. Yeah. Must be the place by the Talking Heads. Yeah, Mr. David it Byrne. Is the place. Yeah, yeah. This must. This is the place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the '80s. Yes, I guess. Yeah, this late, would be like the late '80s, yeah, mid to late '80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop. Stop making sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is. Gr- I had a t- I still have the T-shirt. Stop really? Making sense. My mother has saved it at home. Oh, yeah. Wow. The white. Really? Yeah. Yellowish, armpitted. <laughs> Stop making sense. Why do parents save that stuff? I'm so grateful. I Ugh. put that sucker on when I was home last time in upstate New York. Did you New really? York. Yeah, and it's you know it's a little tight, but it's like, oh, damn, no. we got it. It's this a huge album for me, huge. But Sonia, yeah. please. Yeah, I picked this song because as much as I'm obsessed with like love, I think I'm also obsessed with death. I'm a Scorpio, so mm. well-rounded kinda, kinda uh, goes, person. Goes with here? The ter- <laughs> goes with the territory. Yeah. Uh, birth as well, um, I guess. But uh, but yeah, death and. Uh, I don't know. This song is to me is about death and like something there, but there's something comforting about coming to terms with dying. And I feel like that's what home. This must be the place is like one of the lyrics. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's about that, like mm. being satisfied and being ready to like go. Um, and maybe that's because a really good friend of mine once told me that that's what she wanted played at her funeral. Mm. And wow. so ever since then, I've always like thought of this song as a funeral song. I could, yeah, I, I kind of I get that vibe. This was a, but a very this, happy one. <laughs> the, the Talking Heads in this in, in this particular album. I mean, their MTV, their videos. Mm-hmm. One of my initial show business experiences was to dress up like David Byrne, influenced, and did um, Once in a Lifetime. You know, uh, letting the days go by mm-hmm. and a lip sync at the haunt where I became a bartender and indeed, um, you know, saw. 10,000 Maniacs when they were brand new. Uh, but incredible, incredible oh. album. Did and you did you wear like the big, big, white, the suit, big, suit? big white suit? Big white suit. I rehearsed with my best buddy, Danny Dubach, and my girlfriend at the time up at Ithaca College in, in her dorm room. And I got that lip sync down. I was beaten out by Madonna. Madonna beat me out. And, but I got a bartending job out of it. Wow. It's incredible, incredible album. Incredible music. It, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's um a concert film directed by Jonathan Demi. John Demi, yeah, yeah. Stop Making Sense, who also passed away this year and I was like yeah. really really saddened and affected by that that was another reason why I just like it felt like the right choice and music and film is kind of the theme that I realized came out of all of my choices they're Interesting. all like related yeah, to movies yeah. Yeah. probably the greatest concert film of all time in my opinion is stop making sense so it, you're yeah, very young to be thinking about death in <laughs> such like a a realistic kind of way you know what I mean like I I don't know about you David but as my parents are aging they talk about it in such a way that's like it makes me uncomfortable like I'm not ready for you to go but like you just seem to be so comfortable you're like yeah dad it's a thing that we do it's all it's fine the last trip we're gonna take it gotcha (laughs) I'm I'm ready no I'm not ready I'm like terrified of death but I I still think about it all the time like I said I I think it comes with being a Scorpio. I don't know. That's what I've always been told. <laughs> Where do you think that, that comes from? Some darkness. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But maybe it's also just like a, appreciating things and being super sentimental, mm-hmm. you know, like as things like you lose things or you change things like I or things change, I should say. I like feel that I have to always honor them and like remember them. Oh, my and, God. You yeah. Know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I couldn't throw away a pair of socks when I was getting out of basic training in Fort Jackson. I was like a holy pair of tube socks, and I was struggling putting like putting them in the garbage because they Aww. were part of high school and it, they were tube socks, man. Yeah, it's funny yeah. how we the attachments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But when you were asking me, I'm 53 years old. You're damn right. I'm thinking about it. You think about it? Well, you know. Well, I mean, your parents are probably a little bit older than my parents. 
Not my well, yeah, seventy five and seventy six. Well, just a little bit, yeah. yeah. So, but I, I guess for myself, you know, I, I don't know. I I hate this phrase that my mom uses all the time. She's like, "I know that there's less life ahead of me than there is behind me." <laughs> I hate. that. I got sentence. a buddy that does. I'm closer yeah. to sixty than I am oh, fifty, and I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah, it's just like. It, and it's just my own, like, unco- like I'm not ready to explore that idea. And I feel right. like I'm similar to you in the sense where it's like, yeah, we should appreciate. Not quite so sentimental. Don't really need to hold on to a lot of stuff because it's all right. in here and on right. Facebook. You know, like, time how, do we, how do we feel about reincarnation? Are we going to get reincarnated? Do you have, like, a, a spiritual practice, Sonia? I mean, Maggie, we've never, I've never talked about I your spiritual so, practice. Yeah. What, what, uh, you, Sonia, go. my spiritual practices are pretty much made up by myself i'm into like burning sage and different Mm -hmm. things like that and like yeah it's it's all very kind of made up but it works Mm -hmm. i think uh i was recently at red rock red rocks amphitheater in uh in denver in denver yeah and a friend of ours had uh had died of a heroin overdose and so i really felt like i had to have like a do like a religious ceremony mm-hmm. at this place about this person. And uh, halfway through, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making this up and like going from the gut here. But, you know, it, I do what like feels, yeah. what feels right, yeah, I, I guess. I, and definitely more I like, like Eastern. I, I like that you just went with what you were feeling. I mean, I don't know how much more spiritual you can get. You yeah. surrender yourself to whatever is like making it happen. I, I borrow from all influences all and then i've been fortunate to have a lot of influences from hindi to judaism to christianity i've just my life has been very fortunate where i've been immersed in uh, ceremony and those different practices been in a wat in thailand and yeah i make wow. i yeah. make it up <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool i guess a lot a little we a lot of us what are you you're jewish you, you, you do I'm a, a, part, I'm a part, part-time Jew. You're part-time? I'm yeah. only Jewish in... You don't get benefits. In the, <laughs> no, no benefits. Uh, I'm only Jewish when it's uncomfortably Christmas. <laughs> and I like to educate people about that. Uh, but I do stand up about that. There you go. Well, because we grew up like with the Christmas tree and the menorah. We did both. Because mm-hmm. it was my, mom, my mom's uh, family was Jewish. Her mm-hmm. dad was Jewish. So it it doesn't it doesn't really translate down. Yeah. But she was very respectful and honored that part of her family. And so my mom was like, We're gonna light the menorah and my dad was like, It's not enough lights and so we were at Home Depot <laughs> every weekend getting more strings of lights for the tree and for outside. So yeah. um that's when I'm Jewish and then uh when people are like, oh, you're Jewish. Rosh Hashanah is coming up. I'm like, let me Google that again. <laughs> so, we all go with the flow, it yeah. sounds like. We're all going with the flow. Pretty much. Who's a waitress down at uh, Mill's Diner. Say hello to Flo. <laughs> Next time you're there with the French fries and the gravy. Oh, I hate to see this to end, but song no. number five. No. It's a good one. This is like a, it. Oh, I know this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Love this guy. I mean, I would date this son, whoever he is. I mean, I totally go woman on this man. I, I love this. How I great love- that we were just talking yeah. about spiritual. Yeah, yeah. yeah God. And, and, it's and like- I saw this film at that mall. Really? Yes, I did. Oh, and I wow. bought a leather jacket from The Gap that very same day that I still have to this day. We're talking 25 freaking years ago. Wow. wow. The one and only time I went to that mall was see Paul Fiction because I was a big Reservoir Dogs fan back in Boston. And I went by myself. And that, you know, bringing that up was like, holy moly. And I saw the song, Sonia, when you, oh, yeah. on your list. I was like, snap. It's the only one I remembered. But, That's so great. Oh, wow. Great song choice. What's your deal? Yeah, What's what the is deal? it? Uh I'm obsessed with and in love with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. um, you know, that's number one. Um, what was this film? Uh, this is from Pulp Fiction. Okay, that's Pulp what I thought. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's a great song. Mm-hmm. I've listened to it for years and years and years, and mm-hmm. it's it's always good. Always but, uh, yeah. but this is the scene where uh, John Travolta and Uma Thurman meet for the mm-hmm. first time mm-hmm. in Pulp Fiction, which is just, it's such a Tarantino scene, and mm-hmm. it's like the beginning of... Something that changed my life, I think. Um, the the film, the experience, the like possibility of of that movie. Like it's my favorite movie of all time. So 
It's a it, and this and it's one of the greatest soundtracks up there with like West Side Story, Grease, yeah. um, just so many of them. My best friend and yeah. I would listen when we met. We were obsessed with Pulp Fiction, also for whatever reason. <laughs> she had a brand new 2002 Dodge Neon, orange, burnt sienna, beautiful car. I had a 1990 Mazda MX-6, two door five-speed moonroof this thing was zippy and so fun mm. and it didn't matter that she had the brand new car we always took my car and she was like we're going on the pch and this was the soundtrack we would put in the cd player just up and down the pch looking for boys to like call out at the window yeah. playing this soundtrack Sweet. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. it was a loft party in manhattan when i heard the soundtrack uh-huh. you know and uh you know i do not advocate drug use i do not you know and and i it was it was Something that saved my life from an ecstasy overdose. I oh, was wow. o- I was overdosing. It was probably more meth than it was X. Mm. And um and and this song calmed me down. Wow. Probably I mean might have saved my life because I, it was like everybody was like it's X. It's such an easy drug. We all love it. And oh wow. Probably three quarters. But I, but the, <laughs> yeah. you know and I was like and I had seen the movie and I hadn't really connected with the soundtrack and you know yeah yeah, oh, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a it's a powerful powerful thing. This yeah. this is called a Y Tunes connection. connection. We're all connected, <laughs> That's baby. Great. Yeah. yeah. Tune shuffle connection. Well, what an incredible fake five. Thank you so much for sharing all of those Beautiful. songs. I really enjoyed that. We're just going to transition into a little break for a little game we like to call band name or bar name. And how this works is our guest from last week had picked a, lo- a location, and David has spent the entire week researching this place. The entire week. I mean, the whole hours. Week, hours. Yeah. And he's come up with two names. One of them is a bar, and one of them is a band, and I have no idea what they are. So you and I are going to play. All right. Okay, we are in Cambridge, England. That's right. Yes, yes, we've traveled to Cambridge, England via our last guest. And band name or bar name, if we're in Cambridge, England, if I were to happen to say to you, Sonia, hey, are you up for paper planes? Oh, man. Tonight and maybe hidden rooms? Where would we be drinking and who would we be listening to? Would we be drinking at hidden rooms or would we be drinking at paper planes? Or would it be Visa and Versa? Paper hidden, planes and, and hidden, hidden rooms. rooms. Which one is the bar? Holy Which one? Yeah, I worked hard on this one. one. I worked on I think from the moment I parked the car outside until the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So am I? You're the one. You're the, the, let's okay. talk it out. I, let's talk it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I wrote down paper planes I mean, or hidden rooms. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem like he's trying to throw us off? Mm-hmm. Like hidden rooms would sound like a place. Yeah, so oh, it I'm must trying. Be the band. Out, yeah. He is. Yeah. I don't know though. Hidden rooms could be like the Pandora's closet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That could be like a band name. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, there's just all these secrets. Right. I don't know. The hidden rooms of the heart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly okay. what it could be. So, uh, before but paper we... planes is like they do homage in that MAA song. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the name it's of the song. The name of the yeah, song, yeah. Paper Planes. I love yeah. that song. Yeah. Um, that was actually considered for today. So, are we drinking at Paper Planes, or are we going to hear the music of Paper Planes? Are we going to hear the music of Hidden Rooms? Are we drinking? What's the deal? What are we doing tonight in Cambridge, England? Do you want to go first? She well, should. why don't we both go and then? Because I I know what I'm going to say, so I want to hear yours. I'm I want to drink at Paper Planes, listening to Hidden Rooms. Okay, you want to drink? I'm... You want to drink at Paper Planes and listen to Hidden Rooms? That's what I'm going with, also. Paper Planes are a completely organic three piece rock, pop, and soul Yay. outfit with a repertoire spanning seven decades, covering everything from Elvis to Buddy Holly to Pharrell and Jesse J. They wow. guarantee to bring their party to yours. Paper Planes is the name of the band. Uh-huh. Not the bar name. But a hidden rooms on the end is an intimate cocktail lounge with secluded <laughs> curtain booths and a sunken garden, plus table services. Great cocktails, cozy and casual. Check out Hidden Rooms at 7B Jesus Lane, Ooh, Cambridge, no CB5, APA, in the United Kingdom. David, you have the best face when we give the answer, and you're like, you're wrong! I can't wait to tell you! I won! I won! That's the whole thing. I won! And thank you to Stephanie Perotto-Haynes, Toon Squad fan, friend, and co-producer of this week's episode of Bar Name or Band Name, brought to you by Paladin Rescue. Sex trafficking is a male issue as much as a female issue, and if you're a guy who's got any kind of a influence to want to help out with uh, young women who have been sex trafficked uh, throughout uh, Malaysia and Asia and mostly Thailand, 
go to Paladin, P-A-L-L-I-D-E-N, rescue, and donate some money. So your job now, Sonia, is to pick a place in the whole wide world that David can research for next week's guest. Yes, anywhere in the world. Continental Ooh. United States. You know, you don't have to be fancy. Whatever comes to mind. First thought probably would be the best thought. Jamaica. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Do I have a to great be more one. specific? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Jamaica. Jamaica's good. Yeah, I, I love Kingston, man. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. White guys doing Jamaican accents should be outlawed. All right. Yeah. So we're going to Jamaica. Here we go. Sonia, now that we've taken a little brain break and we've gone through your fave five, I feel like we've kind of grown up with you and learned a little bit about you. We're going to bring it current to 2017. Divulge us, please. What is your current guilty pleasure? Uh, hmm. M- Ice Miller Light. Yeah. <laughs> Miller Light. Okay, Marin, Miller Light. Guilty as charged. That works. It's yeah. Not brought to you by Miller Light, though. Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, it's fine. No. All right, Miller. Well, that's all right. Cool. I was thinking more musically or even television would have been a good answer, but Miller Lights. That's cool. Oh well, Game of Thrones okay. would be television. There you go. I'm behind on all of that. I mean, I've got I've got a whole retirement, God willing. <laughs> Where I can watch Oz, Game of Thrones, all of that stuff. It's, yeah. You know, there's so much. There's too much great stuff on TV. Yeah. yeah. So this is, we save the best for last. This is David's favorite part of the show. We love to know your very first story behind the very first concert you ever went to. Very first concert oh, okay. ever. <laughs> I, I can do that. Okay, good. We love that. <laughs> it was Rancid and Offspring. <gasps> <laughs> Smashing. Smashing. How, how old were you? Uh, I was on my 12th birthday. Was Whoa! O- October 25th, 1994. Wow. Uh, Roseland Ballroom. The in Roseland New York. Oh, in New York. Great venue. Huge venue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who'd you go <clears throat> with? Who took you? My mom. And, <laughs> Such a, it's, uh, it's and so... my friend Nellie that I mentioned yeah. earlier. One, one of the hoodlums. Yeah. yeah. The hood rat yeah. Nellie, uh-huh. as we like to call her. Did you get yeah. to go on the floor and dance? I did. Um, so it was, it was like, you know, punk, a punk show. Yeah. And um, Heck yeah. my mom took us out to the Hard Rock Cafe beforehand, you know, keeping in theme of wow. the first concert You're birthday. You're the coolest mom. Yeah, your mom. She is pretty cool. Oh, what, what's her I name? Should, by the way, I meant to mention her with the Patti Smith because Patti Smith is like the rock star version of my mom. Oh, um, wow. My mom's name is Kate Lynch. She lives still in the East Village, uh, part time and part time in the Catskills oh, in okay. upstate New York. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she took us to see that, and I was basically right in the front during Rancid, and, um, or, I'm sorry, I guess it was before Rancid came on. So, like, the crowd was waiting and still, and I was right in the front with Nellie. My mom was smartly way in the back, staying out of the way, and all of a sudden, the band came on and everyone started moshing. Oh, wow. (laughs) 12 years old, in the middle of a Rancid mash, mosh, mishmash. A mishmash. (laughs) It was crazy, and I, like, had heard of... A mosh pit because Woodstock '94 had occurred That's earlier right. that summer, but it was all muddy. If you remember, it was like raining. Yes. So I thought mosh pit is like mud pit. Like so, that's what a mosh pit is. I had no idea that it just meant when people go freaking berserk mm. at a, a concert. Yeah, to Donnie yeah. Brook, it's a and rumble. I got lifted up in the air over somebody's yeah! head, oh, <laughs> and like man. was getting like probably like literally knocked on my butt. But yeah, it was like crazy, and I was like, okay, do I freak? Or do I just go with it? And I definitely went with it, and it was like amazing. Elbows and up, like, and, yeah. like, and I was yeah. like, All right. "That's, That's so slamming first so, concert, yeah. you know literally." What, though? Like mosh pits one. then are so different from mosh pits now. Mm-hmm. I feel like even in, as you know, early as the early two thousands, they were kinder. You know, people were mm. just dancing, and they weren't there to hurt people. It was just getting crazy and yeah. like letting off some energy. And now people are punching each other. Yeah, you know what I mean, like I don't want any part of that. It's like Fight Club, and I started doing it in the early '90s with a band yeah. I was chasing called Black and Gray. Friends of mine, Johnny Relay, hello out there, and we and these were guys from South Boston, and, yeah. and it was a it was a way to get your aggressions out and women, but mm-hmm. it wasn't we. I didn't worry about getting punched or, or you know bottled by someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was only like with really hardcore shows back mm-hmm. in the day, but yeah, now even my favorite band is Ween, and they're oh, not nice. really mm-hmm. a mosh moshing yeah. band, but sometimes people just get out there and they start, yeah, like 
doing like the circle where they're just like punching at everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why? Like, yeah, you just buy concert tickets to be a jerk. Wow. What a cool story. Mm, Thank good, you. Good, good yeah. stuff. <laughs> How do we find you? What's your corner of the internet if fans are super interested in your work with the festival or want to know more about the music that you chose? How do we follow you? Well, the festival website is ladff.com. I'm on Facebook under my real name, my Sonia Maru. Um, and I have a website as well, Sonia okay, cool. Maru, but it's poorly maintained. So please don't go there for like at least six months. It's <laughs> everybody's um, story. Websites are a work in progress. And then I just started using Tumblr actually to like blog and just That's write great. about movies and like write about random stuff that I feel is not for Facebook. Okay. You know, like yep. to get more like get my artistic needs met. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think that's Flathead Films blog is my Tumblr. Flathead Films Flathead blog. Films blog. Fat, uh, Flathead Films is my production company. Oh my God, so. that's so cool. Yeah. Well, what a plat. This has been just such a, an enjoyable way to spend a Saturday afternoon getting to know you and your music. So, thank you so much for coming on the show. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. yeah. Th- thank you both for having me. This was great.